Lynn. Hi. <laughs> what? What is up? Happy to be here. How about you? <laughs> yes, it's another week of case files with Cat, with and Ashley. Were you about to say with with Cat? <laughs> well, I was gonna say with, and then you were supposed to say Cat, but this is a typical episode. So why would anything <laughs> one day work out the way I thought it would? Um. Yes. So nothing is up here. Just normal everyday um, chaos. I'm ready That's to talk new. about some true crime. What, what you got today? <laughs> yes, I am I excited of, for um, this I, story. I don't want to think about real life, so I want you to take me away to a land far, far away. I'm pretty excited about this story because it kind of partially ties into a story, the story you did last week on the Black Dahlia. So, what, what, what? Um. Okay. So your hair, your we'll hair looks super cute, though. Uh, thank you. It's because it hasn't been dyed, so it's like blondish. Oh, I don't know. I'm just going with and telling people it's supposed to be like that. So. Yeah, it looks cute. I don't know. What Thanks. do I know? I don't know anything. I don't have hair, so. Yeah, I I haven't had it dyed since like November, December or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. We're just going to go with it and pretend that this is planned because everything else is chaos. Um... <laughs> The question of the week, my friend, was if you could find the answer or know the answer to one unsolved crime, murder, or mystery, which one would it be? Like, if you could, if they had a definite answer for one unsolved case. It's tough. That is tough. I mean, I did just, I just did the Black Dahlia. So, like, to have, like, def the definitive answers that everyone can just know, that would be great. Yeah. Um, but I would like to put an end to the John Benet Ramsey. Um, mm -hmm. There's just, there's a lot. Um, and uh, Madeline McCann. That would. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, there are so many. I would like to know who killed the the person I'm going to talk about today, but I think if I had to know a case, it would be who kidnapped Jennifer Kessie is how I think you say her last name. She is uh, someone that I'll probably cover in another story, but she got basically kidnapped from her apartment complex. And there was people on camera, like her car was parked down the road, like, but they never had any evidence. They've never caught the oh, person. Crazy. No one's ever like, no one's ever recognized the person on the video, all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. And so I would want to know the answer to that. Like, who who took her and, like, how did they do it without anyone recognizing them, basically? Because mm -hmm. it was a really high-end, like, complex. Anyways, like, well, that's Don't talk who... too much about it because you're going to do the story. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. It's, <laughs> but I'm obsessed with her case. So um, I'm in all the Facebook groups about it and stuff. So that is um, that is who I think I would. I'd want what are you uh, drinking tonight? I, um, unfortunately, am currently drinking water. I, I wish it was not it. water. <laughs> Listen, I have to drive an hour home after I leave here, and I don't, I don't want to be driving. Intoxicated. <sighs> Inebriated. I um, wish I had well, alcohol. Well, I actually just happened, I, I was like, I need to go to the store. Yes, please and my I need, I need to buy beer, because I was out of beer, and it's been a rough 
it's been a rough one. It's been a rough week. Uh, lots of changes. <laughs> so, but you know, all onward and upward. Here we go. Um, but yes. thanks, thanks to Glenn, this this beer popped out at me because it's it is Brew Dog, and I was able to find it. And they have two of them. I'm going to start with their the Brew Dog uh, brewed in Ohio. It's called Hazy Jane, New England style oh. IPA. I'm really excited. Uh, this one has a 7.2% uh, uh, alcohol content, but I like, I love this can. It's so pretty. It looks very beachy, mm. but it says em- embrace the opaque. But Hazy Jane Ooh. makes me think of Lazy Jane, and then it makes me go lazy, 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 lazy Jane. <laughs> she wants a drink of water, so she waits and waits and waits and waits and waits for it to rain. That's a Shel Silverstein poem. Anyway, and then so then the other one, I, all these things. See, I am scatterbrained, guys. Um, and then the other brew dog that I found is called Elvis Juice, and it looks like an American <laughs> flag. Um, live oh. fast, drink slow is the is the the motto on here, and it says uh, it is a grapefruit mm-hmm. infused IPA, and that just sounds deliciously deliciously delightful. Six point five percent alcohol percent alcohol volume. That's what I got mm, going on. Well, they I'm sound scared. amazing. I know. I'm going to open it right now. I'm very sad that I don't have any. I've got a bottle of um, St. Arnold. Uh, I love you this much commitment at, at my house that I'm, I'm going to promptly drink as soon as I arrive. <laughs> it's my one of my this, favorite raspberries. This one is delicious, by the way. Mm, very different. Which one did you open first? Hazy Jane. Oh, I wish more people would send us suggestions because I love it. That's if I awesome. can find it, thank I'm you, Glenn. Going to drink it. <laughs> yeah, if I can find some non-IPA related brew dogs, I'm definitely going to buy them. I'm on There's their cider. cider train with Glenn. You like so. you like cider? They have lots of cider. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I'm going to look into that because cider train. Listen, Glenn is like the cider expert, I feel like, because he's always drinking cider. So like I I trust his opinion on it. So (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna look into those. Go get some. So I guess I'll just jump right in into the trivia. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to any of these. They are just random facts I found that I thought were interesting. Um, okay. While serving a life sentence for murder. James French killed his own cellmate because he was allegedly afraid of suicide and wanted to be executed. His last words before the electric chair in 1966 wrote, how about this for a headline tomorrow's paper, French fries. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Uh, um, At least he (laughs) had a sense of humor. I don't know. Yes. Um, And then crazy lawsuits by prisoners. So there's two of them. Robert Paul Price sued the Utah State Prison for violating his freedom of religion. He claimed his religion was the vampire order, and he needed to have his religious needs met, including but not limited to a vampire diet, which I don't know what that means unless it's blood. It's blood. a grains and vegetables, a vampiress, so she could join in the vampiric, vampiric sacrament. Uh, he did not win his lawsuit. Um, I am not while incarcerated this is the second one while incarcerated at a virginia prison robert lee brock sued himself 
He claimed his civil rights as well as his religious beliefs were violated when he allowed himself to get drunk. He demanded $5 million from himself but didn't earn any wages in prison, so he felt the state should pay on his behalf. (laughs) He also did not win his case. Um, There was lots of crazy prisoner lawsuits if you guys want to look them up. Those were just two of my favorites. I remember I did Um, some before. I thought they were so crazy. Yeah. Pamela Bass was Jeffrey Dahmer's neighbor at the Oxford Apartments in Milwaukee. She described Jeff, uh, Jeffrey as a very nice neighbor, always sharing things with others and overall friendly. He once gave her his old red couch. After Dahmer's arrest, people would go to her house and offer to pay her $50 or more to sit on the couch just because it was owned by Dahmer at one point. It probably had like dead people on it at one point. But, like, the fact that strangers randomly show up to your house, I don't know. That's weird. Um, So, people, you need to choose your friends wisely. Only 15% of serial killer victims are chosen at random. 85% of the victims are specifically chosen. Add to the fact that that nearly 50% of serial killers list pleasure as their primary motive in murders. Just saying. You know, your favorite serial killer statistics. So there's chances you've been roaming around with serial killers. It's... Um, What is it? One in 37? What? What? What'd you say? I was asking what your favorite little um, number on serial killers is. The one you used to say in our, our intro. My brain doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> the like one in every 37 people you pass or something is a serial killer um the last trivia i have before i start the story is the highway truck stop which is a place where strangers briefly interact you know never see each other again whatever but it makes the perfect place for serial killers you will the walk fbi past, had no sorry you will walk past 36 murderers in your life 36 yes. 36. I was off by one. Um, Anyway, so uh, truck stops make for good serial killer locations, I guess. The FBI had noticed an irregular number of killings along highways and launched the special initiative to fight back called the Highway Serial Killings Initiative. The Highway (laughs) Serial Killers... The Highway Serial Killings Initiative... Um, has led to more has led to more than thirty murders being closed that were related to highway killings. So wow. I thought wow. that was interesting. That is that's crazy. I don't know what the initiative is, but it's their whole focus is on uh, closing murders where they have found like highway related bodies and stuff. Ugh. Okay, so now I'm going to jump into my story. Okay, I'm excited. Okay, so this story is an unsolved murder of 77 years and partially very small tied to the Black Dahlia story. Uh, So this is about Georgette Elise uh, Beierdorf. She was an American socialite. She was like an oil heiress. Um, She was very privileged. She... Ended up um, being strangled in her home, which was in West Hollywood, California, on October 12th, 1944. 
Georgette was very young and beautiful. Um, she was often envied by those around her. She was born on May 6, 1924 in New York. Again, extremely privileged. She was the child of um, oil tycoons George and Constance. Constance is how I think you say the mother's name. Anyways, uh, she was well-educated. She attended a, a school for girls in Long Island until 1935. Uh, her mother died in 1935, at which point the family moved to L.A. Once in L.A., she attended the Westlake School for Girls, which um, has a list of several very successful students, including Shirley Temple. Um, so anyways, once she had like completed her education, she was like really stuck on being an actress. Like that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to, you know, move to Hollywood and be famous. So she, she did move to Hollywood in August of 1944. She lived in the, um, in the El Palacio apartments and worked temporarily as a reporter for a local newspaper, but she only did that very, for a very short time. Um, she she quit to join what they call the Hollow, Hollywood Canteen. So I didn't know what the Hollywood Canteen was. So I looked that up. And the Hollywood Canteen began in 1942 by Betty Davis. And it basically existed to exclusively entertain servicemen and women. Um, many, many, many stars of that time period were involved. Like they would have actresses, singers, um, poets, like any kind of people that were in the in entertainment industry would go here and they would volunteer and they would entertain servicemen and women that had come home. Um, it was strictly for service people. Um, so anyway, she was a volunteer here. She was what they called a junior hostess. So her duties included entertaining and dancing with the soldiers. Like, so it sounds like it was like an SSO, but yeah, at home. And mm -hmm. then you, but also like you're hosting a party. So like they were. Yeah. Like okay, she was responsible. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. If one of the service people wanted to dance, like she need, she had to dance with them. Like, you know, just make them feel at home, you know, different times. Um, different so times. She hung, different times, man. <laughs> she, she hung out with fellow actresses. She lived a very luxurious lifestyle. Um, she had full-time caretakers for her apartment. Uh, and her neighbors were movie stars. So again, she, she was living this life that she wanted. Um, there was a time period where she traveled around the UN United States. Uh, she went to like Florida and Louisiana, New York, all kinds of places. Um, she traveled for four years, never returning home for the four years. Uh, she went to Mexico and anything, um, some other cities. Anyways, she finally returned. And when she went, she went straight back to working at the canteen. Uh, she quickly gained a reputation of offering money, meals, and even places to stay for soldiers preparing to ship out for World War II. She often took them out for drinks and meals and uh, also what would be considered insane in today's times. She would give them extra keys to her apartment. She would just make all of these extra keys and like, hand them out to... sounds insane to me. Like, it all well, sounds insane to me. It, at the canteen, they had rules that said you you weren't supposed to, like, deal with these people, like, the service people outside of the canteen. Like, you weren't supposed to leave with anybody. You weren't supposed to give them personal information about yourself. Like, everything was supposed to happen inside the canteen. You had to leave out of a certain exit that was well lit. You know, like, you know, they were trying to keep people safe. 
Well, kind it of, sounds like all of these people are suspects. Right. Like, oh, whatever, um, whatever happened to mm-hmm. her, like, she's just mm-hmm. open so, the door. Um, again, she would give extra keys to people. So, Oof. to be fair, I read that during that time period, servicemen were, like, held in a much higher regard than normal citizens. So, she probably felt, like, super safe with them. Um, but that being said, her neighbors also told police, like, they had started taking note of the number of servicemen who were spending the night there. So, apparently, it was just, like, a revolving door, and she claimed she never, people claimed she said she never did anything with them. She was just giving them a place to stay until they shipped out. Supposedly. Allegedly. So, on the night, yeah. On the night of her murder, there are varying reports. Most reports say she seemed very happy and normal. She went and got her hair done, spent most of the day shopping with friends. By all accounts, she was in very good spirits. That day, she had also had lunch with her father's secretary, who was named Rose Gilbert. Rose said that Georgette had cashed a check for $175. This was to purchase a ticket to El Paso, Texas, where she had planned to meet a soldier named Jerome M. Brown. The two had started dating after she had met him at the canteen in June. So they had exchanged, according to Jerome, they had exchanged six letters and a number of phone calls, but had they had never seen each other again outside of him shipping out from the canteen. So that was, wow. they were supposedly dating and she had bought a ticket to go see him. Um, did she actually buy the ticket or just take up she the did actually to- buy the okay. ticket yeah she did actually buy the ticket um, for so- this time period I'm just going to say for this time period this is so not usual behavior like this is very forward thinking like and and it yeah. might be LA this is the 40s maybe it's, yeah, yeah but maybe it's LA and so maybe things were just a little bit more progressive than the rest of the United States yeah. but to to have her own apartment and to have like men kind of going in and out and having mm-hmm. this like that's super different from like yeah. other parts of so, the So Yeah, originally world. when she moved into her apartment, she had the apartment with her sister, but her sister's husband was um in the service and he got killed. He died serving and so after that she went into this major depression and moved back to the family home. So that left Georgette to the apartment by herself and also left her her car. So that's how she ended up having the apartment alone. But um, like I did, she, she did have... She's making her own and, money. She's yeah. making a lot of good money for herself. And, yeah. You traveling. Know, traveling. And then just, yeah. you know, there's... Oof. That's, that's yeah. very different. Good for her, though. So her best friend or in a, a long-term friend was named June, who also worked at the canteen. So June's account was a little bit different than Rose's. June said that um, Georgette had seemed really nervous. Um, So June's name was June Ziegler. And she had stated that Georgette had seemed very nervous and anxious. um, because So that night after the shopping and stuff, Georgette was scheduled to work. She went to work. and, And this is the account June is giving. She said that Georgette seemed very nervous and anxious. June quoted was quoted saying Georgette was knitting in her car outside the canteen for half an hour before going in. She appeared to be nervous and had asked me to spend the evening with her at her apartment. However, she gave no explanation for her nervousness or any reason why she wanted me to spend the night with her. 
June said she assumed that Georgette was just nervous about her flight to meet Jerome and that there was nothing more serious about it. The rest of the night was spent with a serviceman repeatedly bothering Georgette. While she talked and danced with the soldiers, this guy would continuously cut into dances. He would beg for her attention. And because she didn't want to cause a scene or make any trouble or any of that kind of stuff, she gave him the attention. Ladies, do not be nice to men if you don't feel right about it. Like, you do not owe anybody anything. Um, I mean, but she like did immediately as you start to hear these things, like she's nervous. There's someone who's paying way too much attention and, and being like, yeah, too, too uh, forward and interrupting her time. And yeah, she uh, but she didn't she didn't want to cause a scene. So she danced with them and gave him all the attention that he wanted. Oh, so some reports say she left the canteen at 1030. Some say she left at 1130. Um. But she left no later than 1130 is what they're saying. Okay. Um, so instead of going with June or having June come with her, she decided to go back to her own apartment by herself. You know, reports say she absolutely left by herself. No one was with her. On her way home, she noticed a hitchhiking soldier and gave him a ride. The soldier was named Sergeant Gordon Oland. And he told that he told police that Georgia had told him about her plans to visit her boyfriend in Texas the next day. He said she seemed very excited about the prospect and had to get home quickly because she was expecting a phone call from him. Um, According to him, Georgia dropped him off on Sunset Boulevard, which was not his destination, but as far as she was willing to take him because she had to get home to take this phone call. Um, He said she dropped him off at Sunset and drove away and... As far as anyone knows, that's the last time anyone actually saw her alive outside, of course, whoever killed her. Killed her, right. Um, And so he said that he had only been in the car with her for about 10 minutes. He also told police that she seemed like a friendly girl and he appreciated the ride, but she never should have picked up a soldier around midnight. Noting that he did not actually tell her that as he didn't want to seem ungrateful for the ride, but he was very shocked. Um, He said that... He used to hitchhike all the time, and it was always only men that picked him up. He said a woman had never, in his time of hitchhiking, ever stopped to pick up him, like pick him up. And he said it was, you know, he wanted to tell her, like, you know, be careful, but he didn't want to seem like ungrateful. Anyways, and the reason he told the police all this is because he saw a report of her murder and wrote a letter to the police, letting them know like a timeline of like when he was with her and all that stuff. And for anyone who's curious, he was absolutely cleared as a suspect. Like, he was never a a suspect. So. I know. You always have to wonder about the people who start to help on cases. Right? Like, yeah. He was he was cleared um, because he he had another his brother came or someone picked him up and took him to his brothers, which is where he was trying to get to all along. I see. Because he was going to ship out the next day. Um, And there was lots of evidence that he wasn't there so anyways during the early hours of october 12th the janitor of the apartment complex fred atwood was awoken he said he heard the pacing of a woman in high heels walking on the kitchen floor above his own apartment aka georgette's apartment he said as he heard the high heels pacing he then heard a very loud crashing sound atwood assumed it was something like a tray being dropped and he just went back to bed um no no uh. any kind of concern another neighbor 
gave an account of an incident where he had heard uh, what he had heard during the same night. He said he heard a neighbor scream very loudly and then cry, stop, stop, you're killing me. And then the cry suddenly stopped. The man assumed it was, and I'm quoting here, just an argument between a man and a woman, and when oh and went and I went back to sleep without any further investigation. Jesus, huh? Hold he, on, he, Kevin, where are you? <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he said he assumed it was just a fight between like a domestic uh, thing, and even though the screaming was very loudly, and she kept repeating, "Stop, stop, you're killing me." He did nothing. He just went back to bed. Uh. Hey, everybody, it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Just a reminder, it's not okay to put your hand on people like that. Just a reminder. All right. I mean, and just a reminder, you don't actually have to get involved. You can, like, anonymously call the police. Just Yes, just call the police. Hey, you don't have to walk up there and do anything. Dang. Um, at 11 a.m. on October 12th, Georgette's maid and the previously mentioned janitor, Atwood, they arrived to clean her apartment. They were met with an unlocked door that was opened. The maid entered and found Georgette's lifeless body face down in her bathtub with the water still running. Oh, my She was God. wearing the top part of a pajama set and her hair floated in the water. Her cause of death was determined to be strangulation caused by a piece of fra- fabric that had been <clears throat> shoved down her throat. The next couple of parts are pretty, are pretty bad. There was bruising on the right side of her abdomen and face, which was likely caused by the pounding of fist. Group, uh, grip marks were scattered across her lips, face, thighs, and abdomen, uh, indicating it was done by extremely large hands, so they did determine it, it was a man that did it. Fingernails had pierced the skin of her right thigh with abrasions all across her hands from fighting her attacker back. It was determined that she had been raped before her death. Um, when the police surveyed the scene, they found little evidence of a struggle. And so this is a quote from the detective. When, when I say struggle, like as in the apartment was not disturbed, she clearly put up a struggle. So this is a quote from the detective. I went into the bedroom. uh, I went into the bedroom then, and the bed didn't seem to be mussied up. There were two sheets lying on the bed that hadn't been disturbed, but the blanket had been thrown back and there was a indentation in the pillow and it looked as if someone had been lying on the bed on the two sheets and covered by the blanket. There was a daily news folded up lying on the bedside alongside the pillows that was folded up the same as the carrier boys fold them up when they toss them on the porches. That was on the bed alongside of the pillow on the bedroom floor was a blood spot between the bed and the door leading to the bathroom. There was a blood spot there and there was discoloration around the blood spot and I felt it and it was wet. That is the car- uh, that is the carpet was wet all around it and had indications of somebody having tried to use a wet towel and rub the blood out. Uh, her pocketbook was lying there on the floor alongside of the bed between the bed and the door leading to the bathroom. There was quite a bit of jewelry on the dresser which looked like it had been untouched and it was very valuable jewelry and watches. So when asked at the inquest if it appeared that there had been a struggle, you know, he said, no, there was no indication. The bed didn't show it. Nothing had been turned over. 
The only thing in her pocketbook, uh, you know, like, again, her pocketbook was lying on the floor. There were a couple of ashtrays there on the floor that hadn't been turned over. They still had cigarette butts in them, um, but they hadn't been disturbed. Um, you know, he continued to say it looked like she had been dead for eight or ten hours at least. That was the opinion of him. The the detective and the mortician, uh, mortician both said that she had been dead for at least eight to ten hours. So basically right after she got home, like when the people heard her screaming was when she was killed. Imagine that. Um, Georgette had been raped and killed by someone who waited for the right moment. The cause of death was strangulation. The light bulb. So there on the outside of her apartment, there was an automatic light that's supposed to come on, you know, like in most homes, but it didn't come on. And the, um, the janitor said the light bulb was not screwed in a couple of turns, meaning it was intentional. Um, all of the interior lights in her apartment were turned off when they had arrived. And the, and the detective believed that the intruder knew the apartment already. So it wasn't like a random thing. Like this person knew to turn the light bulb off. They knew the layout of the apartment so they could operate in the dark. Um, the detective said rape and not murder was the ultimate motive here. They think that 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 rape was the intention and she ended up dying from the thing in her throat. Like they were trying to stop her from screaming. Um, nothing was stolen from the apartment. Again, she had jewelry and other valuables. There were thousands of dollars worth of sterling silver lying in an open trunk. There were um, large rolls of $2 bills. Um, so her wallet was there. Her, her everything wow. was there. Um, so while nothing from inside the apartment was stolen, her 1936 Oldsmobile coupe was missing. The police discovered it 10 miles away, abandoned after running out of gas. The front left fender had a scrape and a dent along the, with the damage to the front grill, but the police were unable to determine if that was like done by the killer, like if they had hit someone or if she had had it before. Um, that led to no suspects whatsoever. There was They couldn't find any fingerprints in the car. Um, there was a fingerprint on the light bulb, but that also returned no suspects. They had a ton of evidence through all of this, like fingerprints, the car, all kinds of stuff, but they could never link it to anybody. The fingerprints never brought back um, anything. So next they started focusing on the murder weapon, which was that fabric that was in her throat. And it was discovered to be a type of bandage called uh, Creptitra, which was typically used for injuries such as sprains. The bandage had come out of a 10-inch roll um, from a brand that hadn't been sold in the United States for 22 years. What? So they said, yeah, so they said it had to have been imported from England or France. Those were the only two countries that sold this particular size of it. Or a service um, person. Right. But like it came, it had to have come here from one of those two countries. You couldn't buy it here. So that also ended up leading nowhere. Um so the police ruled out burglary gone wrong, uh, since nothing was stolen, and instead worked on the theory that someone had used a key that she had given out to enter her apartment and had unscrewed the light bulb so that either she couldn't identify them if she saw their face like coming into the apartment or so that people wouldn't identify them if they saw them leaving the apartment. Like they would be in the dark. No one could see their face. Um, Pretty I want to, I do want to say it's interesting that her neighbors noticed the number of servicemen coming into her apartment, but 
not the fact that she was being murdered. Uh, anyways, just people don't want to get involved, but they want to be involved. They want to be nosy. They want to gossip. Nosy Rosies, the old nosy Rosies, but they don't want to like, oh, you know, I don't want to bother her now. She's just screaming. Yeah, she's just being me. murdered. You know, you know, no biggie. Could nothing could possibly be wrong between a crash. Now it is interesting that a, another neighbor, like her next door neighbor, when they interviewed that woman, that woman claims she heard nothing all night. The neighbor, the janitor, lived below her and heard the crashing. And the neighbor that made the report saying he heard her screaming, I don't know how far away he was, but her ne- her very next door neighbor claims she heard nothing all night. So, yeah. Um, so the police ruled out burglary gone wrong and instead worked on the theory that someone had used a key to enter her apartment and unscrew the light bulb so that they couldn't identify them if they saw their face. They said that Georgia had entered her apartment made herself a snack, and as she was getting ready for bed, that's when the killer attacked her. Um, and, and investigators interviewed over a um, hundred individuals about the murder of Georgette. Many wow. were visitors. Many were visitors of the Hollywood canteen. Unfortunately for the police, the canteen did not keep records of visitors, so it was almost impossible to trace everyone that she may have had dealings with. Um, basically, I mean, they didn't keep like, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of servicemen, probably thousands of them came in and out of there. Um, so they didn't know who danced with her. They, you know, they just didn't have records. So another theory came to light when it was reported that Georgette frequently got dressed with the curtains open. Uh, this made them question, well, maybe the killer had been someone who was watching her from like afar for like a really prolonged, um, period of time. And decided to assault her after witnessing her disrobe for the night. Um, so that was another theory. Uh, they did have, they had, like I said, interviewed hundreds of people. But they did have four main suspects. So the first one was that guy that kept interrupting her at the canteen. Yeah. That kept wanting yeah. her attention. So detectives discovered that the name of the soldier who, on the night of her murder, had continuously interrupted her. Um, was named Cosmo Volpe. Uh, Cosmo admitted to the officers that he had danced with Georgette that night. He refuted any claims that he had annoyed her or upset her and said, in fact, Georgette was happy to dance with him. What? Uh, Cosmo stated that they danced three or four times throughout the evening before he left with Sergeant James Driscoll to return to his barracks. Um, Cosmo stated that they hitchhiked back and arrived no later than 11.30 p.m. After checks were made by the police, it appears that they were satisfied with his alibi and that he was not involved in the murder of Georgette. Because, mind you, she didn't even leave, supposedly, until 11.30 or whatever. Wow. So then, the next suspect was the man she was supposed to go meet in El Paso, the guy she was supposedly dating. So detectives... Jerome... So detectives investigated um, Jerome, Jerome, Private Jerome Brown. So he was a, he was stationed at Fort Bliss near El Paso. He is the one that she was supposed to meet. Um, he told investigators that he had met Georgette in June of that year in the Hollywood canteen. And since then, he admitted to exchanging those letters and phone calls, um, but never once met her after that. He handed officers all of the letters he had from her. Um, he was able to, you know, prove very quickly that he had been in Texas the whole time because he was stationed and they, they didn't let him leave. 
So he had a pretty like solid alibi. And so they ruled him out as a suspect. Um, so during this time, there were two different serial killers that they thought could have maybe have done it. So a short time after her murder, police in San Diego jailed a man when he murdered a 65-year-old woman by forcing a towel down her throat. 20-year-old Robert George Pollock White, the man responsible, admitted to being in L.A. at the time of Georgette's murder, but he denied he was the killer. Um, police, they tried to link it. They tried to, like, run his fingerprints to match all the stuff that they had fingerprints from, but they couldn't make any links, so they had to rule him out. And then the second killer was briefly questioned. Um, his name was Otto Stephen Wilson, and he admitted to hacking two to de- hacking to death two women just hours apart at two separate hotels in downtown LA. Um, which you know they thought maybe he was just on a on a killing spree. But as with the previous killer, they could not link Wilson to any of the fingerprints or evidence in the apartment or car. So here is where there is a little bit of a connection to Black Dahlia. So a couple of months after the murder, um, wait, I'm sorry, this is not the part. Just kidding. Uh, This is the fourth suspect. A couple of months after the murder in in December of 1944, John Sumter walked into the FBI offices in San Francisco and confessed to the murder. Sumter told detectives he had met Georgette on a streetcar and she had asked him if he would like to spend the night at her home. The potential killer told police another soldier had visited whilst whilst he was there. And once that soldier left, he decided to kill Georgette. Um, However, police were doubtful that Sumter was their man. Several parts of his story made little sense to the police and didn't match anything they knew. Uh, A, she didn't have a cable car. She had her own car. She was driving home. B, she she had given the soldier a ride at the time that this man supposedly claims um, to have been on the cable car with her. And so eventually he came clean and admitted he had fabricated his story. Sumter told police he lied because he couldn't bring himself to commit suicide. And so he thought the electric chair would be a better answer. So he just basically wasted their time. Is what that, that. sucks. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I meant to say earlier, another theory was that that the pers- the killer had been waiting for her for a while in her apartment because they found like an empty can of beans. They found melon grinds in her trash can, and so while they say she did, she had um, like beans in her stomach. She didn't have the other contents in her stomach. So whoever was there, like, showed up to her place ate her food, possibly laid in her bed because there was a like in like in, you know, marks in the bed where someone had been underneath the covers. And so when Mm -hmm. she started to get ready, they theorized like whoever was there, you know, came out from underneath the covers and attacked her as she was like getting ready for bed. So, but again, no fingerprints on the food or anything. So, over the next couple of years, police got nowhere. They like they had all of this evidence. They couldn't link it to anybody. They, you know, were running out of people to investigate. They didn't have a list of all of the people who had keys to her apartment. You know, the na- you've got the neighbors saying, "Well, she had people in and out all the time. It could have been anyone." 
She was like mm-hmm. the family had no idea because the family had moved back out of state. They had moved back to New York. Um, her sister had gone back to New York because of her husband passing away. Uh, so, you know, there was just really no way to to know who had keys, who she had talked to, like who she may have met. Um, Gosh. And and part of the investigation was held That's up so because tough. because the 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 soldier that she had picked up hitchhiking when they originally mm-hmm. entered, like talked to him, he had told the police that, um, you know, she dropped me off and she drove, you know, down Hollywood Boulevard, which was the opposite way of like of where her apartment would be. But then he said later he realized like that was the only way she could have gone. Like she she probably went there and turned around. But for so long, they they were under the impression that she had gone an opposite way of her house. And he just he told him these little things that were kind of misleading, but not intentional. Like he just like the whole she had to go down and turn around part. Um, and that was Gordon something. Yeah, Gordon Olland. And that and and that he had said something about she seemed, you know, anxious or whatever. But that was probably because she was like waiting for the phone call from from her boyfriend, um, oh, you know. And so like. So, but the police had spent a lot of time on this before he was like, oh, I should probably clarify a few things. Like, this is what I meant. This is what happened, you know? And so, you know, they did unfortunately waste some time on that. So, Gosh. yeah. Um, anyways, over the next couple of years, police got nowhere in their hunt for Georgette's killer. And the crime was slowly forgotten about. That was until 1947, when the press looked to find links to another murder victim that you may know by the name of Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia. Georgette's car was found near where the Black Dahlia's severed body would be found more than three years later. Um, So the press tried so hard to make this. A lot of the press put out all this stuff about they were friends at the canteen, like her and Elizabeth knew each other, but police could not find anything because when they looked into it, Elizabeth had not actually arrived to LA until a couple years after Georgette had already been murdered. She'd only <laughs> been in LA like a hundred days or something. So, yeah. so, so, and she didn't, they, well, there was no mention of her yeah. going to the canteen either. West yeah. Hollywood. That's not where yeah. she was. Well, and Georgette had only been in LA for a brief period of time. She got. She officially got there in 1944, and she died in 1944. Um, so, so they were yeah. trying to find these links, but uh, but her car was found very close to where the Black Dahlia's body was found. Um, outside of that, the police can make no real connection between the two deaths, but the press continued to run with it anyways. Uh, while much would has she, been... Would she... I'm sorry, uh, one more question. Would she mm-hmm. be considered as a part of the lone woman murders? Like, there are all these... Mm, I don't know, maybe. But I feel like they were all found outside. Like, those were... Yeah, yeah. She was definitely found inside. They didn't mention that at all in any of the research, yeah. Um, So, while much has been written about the killing, little is concretely known. Some speculators claim that the same man murdered both Hollywood hopefuls. The theory is that it was a tall individual with a limp, you may remember, uh, named Jack Anderson Wilson, he did play a part in both of the stories. Um, he had met Georgette, and he was a suspect in the Black Dahlia's case. However, they could not tie him to to murdering 
really either of them. But it was a kind of a weird coincidence that he he did know both of them. So anyways, Georgette's body was shipped back to New York. Her family buried her in like a family owned plot in their Long Island Cemetery. And to this day, her murder still remains unsolved. The The only theory that they have to work with is that, um, you know, she was killed by a soldier who entered the house with one of her keys. Um, but they, they'll never know because there was, you know, it was a different time. They didn't have cameras. They didn't have the kind of technology we have. Um, DNA wasn't a big thing back then. Fingerprints weren't a big, you know, they didn't have a lot of records back then. Um, servicemen and women were constantly coming in and out of the, the city and she dealt with thousands of people. So that that's their only theory they have is someone that she had given a key to uh, returned to her apartment when she wasn't expecting it and, and murdered her and then left, you know, was shipped off to World War II uh, to never be seen again. So that is my story on Georgette and the unsolved 77 your murder yeah, mystery. Yeah, so it's so interesting because um, I was like, there were. <laughs> this is where my my brain is so scattered. I, I'm going to tell you this again. Um, when you said that a light would automatically come on, I was thinking it was like like censored. Like you walk up to the apartment, and the light turns on. I forget about timers and those existed, and I was like, wow, West Hollywood was like way ahead of the, <laughs> the game, like decades and decades ahead of like. You drive by and the light yeah. turns on, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was actually a light that was really high up. And so was, yeah. there, was there any, like, indication that people were looking for a very tall person? Yeah. Because it, yeah. Was, no. it was a light up on the ceiling that there's yeah. no yeah. ladder. Well, they, um, that was one of the reasons they did think it may have been Jack Wilson because he was a very tall individual and he um was in the area at the time but they you know couldn't prove anything um they like i said the, they said the person left multiple fingerprints on the light bulb and the light itself they didn't try to clean up there was fingerprints Damn everywhere it. is what they said everywhere like handprint on her bodies like full handprints you know their skin was under her nails fingerprints but again it was just finger fingerprints and dna and all that kind of stuff were, were not there wasn't a big database was, was a thing but um, but there wasn't a would, big database yeah yeah but would the army because you put your fingerprints in, yeah. if you're in the service you do get yeah. your fingerprints taken would that have been shared and so i mean things are so different now things are so different now i wonder yeah. if any of that dna was t- taken and saved I don't, who knows or if yeah. they if they ran the prints now, could could that be something? Because that's interesting. Because there's so much evidence, whereas like with the Black Dahlia, there was so little evidence. There was no. Yeah. She was cleaned and washed. Yes. You know, yeah. everything was wiped down with gasoline. You know, like so there there wasn't anything like that. Yeah. Um, my thing with the car is they said they couldn't tell if the killer did that or if she did that, but like, couldn't they have just asked like? I don't know. June or like. Well, couldn't they have asked like the soldier that was hitchhiking with her or like her best friend who saw her sitting in the car for an hour and a half? Like, I feel like somebody would have known if she had that kind of damage, because if not, then that means it happened on the way to her home. And like, I'm sorry. Also, she would not have just been driving. I feel like she's the kind of person who would not have been driving around with a big old. 
Yeah, she was Dead. very high maintenance, like very, like they people describe her as very generous and like really wanting to help servicemen and stuff. Like not not even in any kind of like sexual manner. Like she genuinely wanted to give her money to them to help them. If if they didn't have a place to stay, she wanted them to be warm. Like she would feed them. So she was genuinely trying to help these people. Um, you know that that's like what she wanted to do with her money is give to the people who were fighting because back then like it was very patriotic and you know supporting the military was like what you did and you didn't sure, like talk about bonds and all that yeah yeah and, and so like they felt like she that was what she was trying to do to show her support was give them money when they needed it give them a place to stay feed them but in the end it's probably what got her killed so Unfortunately, but we'll never know. And not to not to victim blame. I mean, she's, yeah. Well, yeah, we're not was, victim blame. They're just saying just that's a, probably was, what happened is that someone that she had let come back to her apartment that she had given right. a key to, um, kind of knew her schedule because they would have known when what night she worked at the canteen, what time she would have been home. Like they knew a lot of details about her that someone who would have been a random stranger would not have known about her. You know, like. They had to have been watching her. They had to have known her work schedule. They knew she wouldn't be there. They knew no one else would be there. They knew her sister had already moved out. Um, they knew about the light. Uh, they so they knew, knew about the light. But the other thing is that the 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 audacity, the audacity of of being in her bed, yeah, being in her bed and and laying down, <laughs> with the and watching her and eat. Just, Oh my I mean, gosh, like, you know, that is just terrifying. That's to creepy me, that's to terrifying. me. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it's all the worst nightmares. You're home all by yourself. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just too much. It's too, 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 too much. Did we even mention yeah. that today was National Beer Day? I did post about it on our Facebook page, yes. Did we but say happy National Beer Day? Hey, no, we did hey, not. Che- hold on, I'm going to open up my new beer while uh, yes, we, yes. we cheers. We oh, have plenty of time. Woo! <laughs> Happy National Beer Day, and it is. Um, I'm doing me my Elvis juice. Live fast. That's such a oh. <laughs> interesting name, Elvis Juice. I know. Just mm, doesn't really does it doesn't make I me mean... thirsty for it. But... <laughs> You're gonna drink it anyway, so it doesn't matter. There are two kinds of people. I think Elvis <laughs> people and Beatles people. I think there's a real. Real distinction between those two. Was there, That'll be my question oh, of the week been, next week. They should have done a Beetlejuice. That would have been great. <laughs> Sorry. If I did Elvis. I mean, wow. Well, no, I meant wow. if, the, if the beer was called Beetlejuice. Oh, what? What is it? The best? This is, this is like grapefruit. It is citrus. Pew, pew, I hate grapefruit. Pew, 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 pew. It is like. Wow. Is a, what a beer review. That is. That is something. Like, it's like summertime in a can. The stuff. This oh. is like wow. It is like a like almost like a like a lemonade or something. It's very oh. it's very different. Is it, it hoppy at all? To me, no. Not after drinking the hazy Jane. Yeah. This is like a wow. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just derailing your story. But I no, my like, story is over. My story ended oh. five minutes ago. Oh, sorry. Well, well, we are discussing in depth the the crime. <laughs> We are going to solve it. Okay. Um, 
we are maybe the... maybe when I read my tarot cards tonight, I will I will know the murder. I did not read the cards on this matter beforehand. I mean, there's just so many there's so many options in in her in her particular to be in her particular case. There's so many different options for yeah um, who the killer could be, but it's like. Like you said, it's it's so unfortunate that people didn't get involved, even though they're fucking nosy. Um, and it's unfortunate that um, she didn't have to she didn't have to leave for El Paso earlier. You know, it's just that this well, person was really paying attention. And, and my thing is like, ugh, it's just so sad because she was such a genuine person. Yeah, and she that's was such trying a good to heart. help somebody to know that somebody she helped, someone that she took in and gave them a warm bed. And gave them food and money and whatever they probably asked for, then turned around and came back and killed her, just because they wanted to. Ladies, if somebody is anybody, actually, I'm not even going to say ladies because you know we help men every day. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel safe, say something. And please don't give your keys to strangers, for the love of God, please, because you never know what someone's going to do. Like, unfortunately, not everyone has pure intentions as much as you would like them what to. What a good heart. She had a great heart. She did. And, and there aren't very many people on this earth who are that generous. And that I mean, just, she many, was appreciative. She was yeah. appreciative of their sacrifice. She was appreciative of them. She was appreciative that she had the means to help people. Like, she grew up in a very privileged lifestyle and she knew that. She knew that she was lucky, like she wasn't, um, you know, snobby about it. She wasn't like she wanted to make it something for herself. That's why she wanted to be an actress. She wanted to, like, make her own money. Um, so, you know, she she knew that that she was very fortunate. And so that's she wanted to give back. And that's how that she wanted her, to do it. Her way of being a philanthropist. And, you know, I like I feel that my level of philanthropy has already always been really high, even though I've always been really poor. Um, and then the, so the second that I wasn't so poor, I was like, Oh, well then I can give more money. And it's mm-hmm. my husband going, you've got to calm down. With the donations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like yeah. we do have to put some in savings for our children. And I'm just like, Oh, well, they're going to have our a good own job. charities, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. what my, like my charity, I, I well, like, like, give well, my, I pay my, I give part of my paycheck back to my well, job. How I meant sad like, is that? I I'm meant like, like our <laughs> own, like we need to save money for our own issues. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> Not, it's, it's yeah. you know, I, I definitely, you know, um, I, it is something that is uh, th- to have someone who lived on this earth, who was so pure of heart and so generous is, it's mm-hmm. such a shame. It's, it's, it's painful to hear about like, man, because we can sit here now, 70 plus years later. 77. Go, oh, 77. Just to be like, oh, like all, all of these things so that, she, that were mistakes. I'm at her neighbors. I'm so mad. They were so busybodies and such so nosy about the number of men, which didn't even matter how many men she came had coming in and out of her apartment. But they couldn't be bothered to see what was happening when she was screaming, stop, stop, you're killing me. Like, it just aggravates me to no end the lack i mean and even to this day the lack of wanting to get involved when you clearly know something's wrong clearly clearly gosh i mean we could probably uh if if everybody was on the zoom with us they could (laughs) certainly have all kinds of um 
uh, topics to talk about and, and theories. And so, you yeah, know, there, there's a, put, yeah. them, put them on our Facebook, Twitter, yes. whatever. Just just talk to us about it. You know, arm, arm, armchair detectives. I love it. Okay, yes. so the question, I'm going to go to the question of the week. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. On an hour. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about you other people. I'm sorry. Go on. Woo. All right. So um, the question of the week was, if you could know the answer to one famous unsolved mystery, disappearance, or murder, which would it be and why? And Ashley, the other Ashley, said, toss up between who killed Tupac and who killed John Monet Ramsey, right? Mm. Um, Robert says, how many different people contributed to the I-45 killings or the killing fields, and who were they? That's a good one. Um, Elizabeth says, how many victims did Israel Keys actually have, and where are they? That's Man, an interesting a, case. That is. Maybe I'll do that one next week. What do you think? Uh, and Sarah, Sarah says, that's a hard one, but I'll say truth about Madeline McCann. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Ashley and Sarah were my, right uh, on the same wavelength. My um, friend didn't true. comment, but um, he said that he wanted to know if, if he could know the answer to one crime, it would be did OJ actually kill Nicole? God, that's a good one, too. But we know that. We already know that. Um, the other one is, uh, sorry if you disagree with me, but we already know that. Um <laughs> I don't care if I offended you. Um, but the the um, the other thing is, I, I if it's a mystery, like the mystery I would want to know about is, are there really aliens? Yes, I, I was just know. thinking that. Yeah, I want to know. Like, I want to know if the abduction is real. Proof? Not, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know about objection. I don't know. Maybe I want to know if the people's stories are true. You know, like if they really experienced. I want to know if Area Fifty One is really Area Fifty One. <laughs> yeah. Like, is that, like, is there, is there proof mm -hmm. that we don't know about? Um, you know, the kids, because they're kids, they're just like, are aliens real? Is this really? And I'm just like, they could be. We just, we don't have proof. And and so Jason will say the same thing. And he is like, don't you tell the kids ghosts are real. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. you know, he doesn't, he's like, don't you tell them that. And I'm like. What do you think? And I just let them answer their questions, right? <laughs> answer yeah. their own questions. I think they're real. Like, okay. Um, that's how they that's what they say about Santa. Santa's real kids, if you're listening. Um, and but this the the but the way that he answers about aliens, he's like, they could be, we just don't have proof yet. There's no proof. And wouldn't that be cool though? Yeah. Because there's no physical, there's not, there, we don't have an, a UFO for everyone to go visit. Like we do the shuttle. We don't have the, a <laughs> yeah. body to see entombed, you know, anywhere. Well, there um, might be a body. Just, we just can't see it. You know what I'm saying? Area 51 but that, but again. that's what I'm saying. Well, there's no, there's not proof for the general public. There's yeah. no like, you know, avatar kind of liquid filled tube for us to yeah. kind of look, go visit and ogle all the things. But um it's it is a possibility now i i personally i'd hate to think that we're it that we're the the most intelligent me beings too. On, on the planet that'd be really sad or on the in the universe that would be sad um but i think they might have passed us up they probably like <laughs> stopped in and was like nah mm, roll the windows up <laughs> lock the doors keep on going 
that's the bad neighborhood, honey. Don't <laughs> keep, keep going. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so many I would want to know the answers to. But yeah, if you guys want to continue to answer, you know, we still like to read them after the fact, even if it's not on air. And we love your suggestions. If you have suggestions for question of the week or stories, I try yeah, to do your please let them have one for next week. Um, yeah. I try to do your stories if I can pronounce the words. Okay, guys, we all know I can't speak English, let alone foreign languages. So if you send me a story that has like twenty five thousand <laughs> words I can't pronounce, it's going to be Cat's story. So um, send them anyways. <laughs> but I am, I, you know, I never heard back from the guy from Denmark, so I probably greatly offended you. I'm so sorry. Um, anyways. <laughs> Please send your story ideas, your question of the week ideas, general ideas, drinking ideas. If you want your tarot cards read, you know, I'm still super, I'm getting famous now. So, you know, my, my appointment book is filling up. Um, so just, just send us whatever you would like to send us. If you want to confess to a murder, uh, we won't report you. Um, you know, anything like that. Oh, I will. <laughs> but after we enter. After we after we do an episode, um, you may or may not get reported. Uh, you know any of that stuff. We're on all the things. Share us, like us, review us, tell your friends. If you're still listening, thank you. Don't let your children listen. That's it. That's all I have. I'm done. Are you done? Are I you I just love you so much. Oh, I love, I love you, you so too. much. I do huh. love you so much. She's drunk, guys. Um, that's how you know she's drunk. <laughs> the, the beer is really good, apparently. So, Brew Dog is where it's at. Yep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, man. I'm not even, like, done with the I do one, not know it. how we have so many listeners. <laughs> okay, well, um, I love, love every single one of you. I love you guys. Yes. Thank you for listening. Um, we will be here again next week, same time. And um, make sure if you are going out now because, you know, things are open, make sure you're tipping your servers and your bartenders mm-hmm. super well. It's been a rough year. Uh, but also be kind to one another. We are all coming from different uh, walks of life and we just have to remember that. And that's super important. So yes. um, try to uh, try to have empathy, try to have compassion for one another because it's important to be kind. And you know what? If you see something, say something. If your yes. neighbor upstairs is screaming that you're killing, someone's killing her, you know, call the police. You don't have to go. Don't don't handle a murder. And if it's a false alarm, at least they know. I at mean, least they know. Like it's uh, not like, haha, you're killing me. You're so funny. <laughs> you know, it's, you're gonna know the difference. You're yeah. gonna know the difference. So just. So be kind, pay attention. If you see something, say something. Don't rape people yes. because it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And um, uh, if you need someone to, someone to talk to about any of those things, there are hotlines that you can call. Uh, there are services free of charge all over the place. So please reach out. Um, yes. And if, if you, you need, need us for anything, do not hesitate to message us. We don't care if we know you or not. We will help you find the appropriate place. We love to do that. We love it. So um, anyway, same time next week, guys. We'll see you. But uh, thanks again for listening. We would be doing this without all of you. So thank you. We appreciate you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.